Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today's show is brought to you by our loyal patrons over on Patreon. In addition to our traditional sponsors, y'all keep the lights on over here at SAFHQ. If you'd like to help support the show and get some cool rewards, go to patreon.com slash she's all fat pod and sign up for as little as a dollar a month. Or if you're a traditional advertiser and you want to work with us, contact us at FYI at she's all fat pod.com. April is just triggered by sugar-free snack walls. <laughs> it just gave me a flashback to purchasing those. <laughs> yeah. Every time I see that green box, I'm like, no, no, no. Oh my That's God. Nice. I've never had a snack well. Oh. I don't know what that is. <laughs> They're awful. They're awful. Man. <laughs> They're real cookies. They're so bad. Um. I'm April, and this is She's All Fact, the podcast for body positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. This week, we'll discuss going blonde, buying sweaters for boyfriends, and raising body-positive children. April, tell me, what are you obsessed with this week? So many things. Okay. So my two obsessions this week have also been my form of self-care because prayers up for your girl. She's truly been going through it <laughs> yeah. in every imaginable way. Yeah. If you follow me on Instagram, then you know that my grandma, I she's yeah, my if, whole if world. If people follow you on Instagram, all they know is that you post like <laughs> like late night cries for help just one yeah. at a time every I'm not three days. Telling stories on my Instagram. No. I'm not I'm not the kind of girl. I'm You're not there interacting like me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Yeah. And I never will so You're don't there hold in your breath. house dress just posting yeah. like a shocked selfie. <laughs> That's, That's it. You just see my DMs. People are like, we stand a bonnet queen. <laughs> Our queen doesn't know where her shoes are. Um, so <laughs> I guess you don't know if you follow me on Instagram. Yeah. But I've been going through it. You know, I went home to Minnesota recently to help my grandma. She's going back to Liberia for the foreseeable future. And so it was like an, a moving trip slash an emotional trip slash I got really sick and it, everything was bad. And so I just needed my uh, my self-care things to keep me going. Yeah. And I'm a cheap bitch, so I don't really do like, you know a spa self-care. I'm not that type of girl. It's more like, what can I grab that's right in front of me? That kind of Uh self-care. So my first (laughs) version of self-care is, of course, The Sims. Say it with me. (laughs) The Sims has been more active in my life than like (laughs) a lot of my family members. (laughs) But no, I've had it ever since the original Sims. I right now bounce between Sims 3 and Sims 4. Sims 4 is the newest one, but I find the game storytelling element to be lackluster. <laughs> Sim fans, get in my DMs. Oh my god. 
Um, so I've been having a lot of fun designing a lot of like really intricate Sims houses. Like I've always said, if I didn't do whatever it is I do, I would be an interior designer. Like, I think that's so fun. So I've been giving my Sims cute houses and my teen girls, like, you know, I'm letting them express themselves in their bedrooms, but it's really me. <laughs> and I just find it so calming. Cause I can just like reno the whole house. I'm just like sitting there on my computer clicking and then I put somebody in the house and then I ruin their life and it feels good. <laughs> like, What do you, what's your favorite ways to ruin their life? I love a two time husband so who knows what I'm working through with that but I love like getting multiple people pregnant at the same time and like building the families through that I love that but so anyway like I love growing up with a baby like having them develop all these skills then turning them into like a two-timing monster and like destroying some poor woman's life I love it I love like naming my kids a whole bunch of weird names I just named a baby Nike Cortez last night very proud she's a girl yep (laughs) I just find it so soothing. I think it's because, like, you know, I'm uh, one of those hashtag control freaks. So I'm Uh like, this is an element where I control every single aspect. Mm -hmm. And I love it. Do you ever make a character that's like you? All the time. But I never play with them, really. I always make my family, and then I play with them for a little bit, and then it feels weird. So, like, So you just make up other people. Yeah, but I will, like, make her look exactly like me. Um, So I love that. My other obsession this week is related my instagram babies okay so like i organized all my saves in my instagram and my biggest folder is called my babies okay <laughs> and it's just my instagram babies that i love and okay. of course there's like the honorary celebrity babies like you know i love true thompson if you come for true thompson i'll like slit your throat i love chloe's kid oh love true i didn't thompson. know the last name yeah okay. oh yeah she has her cheating boyfriend's last name um i love chicago I love my babies, but there are a couple that I keep going back to, like, as far as seeing their daily development. Mm-hmm. So, my first baby's name is Eli. His mom's name is Joha. They live in, they live in Sydney, but oh, they're from... Oh, this is the one you sent me the other day. Yeah, I'm obsessed with this lady. They're, so, they live in Sydney, but they're from Burundi, so they're African, and they have this, like, delicious chocolate baby that I wanted just squeezish little cheeks. Love Eli. so cute. He's very expressive, and sometimes she posts videos, and he has a really deep voice, which I think is so precious. He's like, ha, ha, ha. and really invested not only in his cuteness but his development so excited about that my next baby is okay so blowout baby is unknown to me but if you know who this baby is like seriously slide in my dms she's just in one of those pages that reposts so i don't know who she is so she has natural hair her mom gave her a blowout and she like flipped out she does not like that can i watch yes please watch turn it back how how do you want it? I thought you want like long hair. No. So what do you want? I want it to be smaller. Smaller? What? Smaller like what? A kangaroo, like kangaroo. You want your curls back? Yes. Oh my god. She's my child. Wait, what happened to her hair? What so did her, mom do? her mom like gave it a blowout, like straightened it, and oh. she doesn't like that. She oh. likes her natural hair, yeah. and she's like, "Who is told there a you I wanted that?" No, I could, I, I can't find who she is, but oh I would follow god. her so fast. But wow. I just that that that's my child. I love her so much. What a sweetheart. What a sweetheart. I love what when a natural she queen. Throws the mirror away. From yeah, her. she's like, no. <laughs> what a natural icon. Mm-hmm. Um, my next baby is Melody. Okay, so for those at home who are trash and watch Love and Hip Hop Hollywood, Melody is the child of Ray J and Princess Love. So they got married. They should not have. They're a horrible couple. And they had this perfect 
child. So Melody is like one of those children that you can tell is really advanced. And the link I'm leaving in the show notes, she's talking at two months. Wow. Like actually talking. Wow. Just my little genius baby. And so sometimes if I'm stressed out, if I'm having a day, I'll just click on my, my baby's profile. That's one of my baby's up to. What's my baby wearing? What are they working on? Blocks? Holding things, standing up, walking, talking. I need to know about my babies. Wow. <laughs> I love Melody. And finally, my final baby is a celebrity baby, Kenzo Hart of okay. Kevin Hart fame. Oh, okay. Kenzo is perfect. <laughs> he is all smiles. He's so chunky. He looks like his freaking dad. <laughs> I love him. Anyway, these are my babies. They're what get me through these troubling political times. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, just like I have not felt a warm baby in my arms in a really long time, and it's really upsetting. But again, I want to hold a baby. I don't want to like have a baby. So sorry, mom. Um, anyway, my, those are my obsessions, The Sims and my Instagram babies. Nice. What are you obsessed with this week? Okay. I went to Target with our friend Nina, and Victor probably won't even listen to this until he comes back from his job that he's away on right now until, <laughs> like, November. But I missed him, and so Nina was like, let's go buy him some sweaters. And it actually oh. really helped. <laughs> I got him some, like, really, like, nice long-sleeve Henleys and shit. Mm. And I'm going to give That's them to him sweet. for Christmas. And he'll be like, I don't need new clothes. And I'll be like, just put it on. And then he'll be like, okay, it's nice. Wow, that's so sweet. Um, And, like, I always, when I was younger, I would be like, Ugh, I'm never going to be, like, a woman who buy his clothes for her boyfriend <laughs> and now I'm like I miss him so much I have to buy this sweater <laughs> I can't believe that's a specific thing that you had written off wow well, just because I thought I I always was like I think it's embarrassing for men who have to have their their mm. women be their moms yeah they like can't pull it together I'm like you can't buy your own clothes yeah that's and fair. now I'm like I want to clothe you <laughs> <laughs> but also like <laughs> I just think he'll look cute in these clothes. Like, Victor is very thrifty and very, like, cost-conscious of things, Mm -hmm. and so he'll wear things until they're, like, threadbare. I'm always like, here's this nice thing you'll look nice in. What I don't like is when we go to Old Navy and, like, there's a couple there that's where the woman is, like, dragging the man around and is like, would you just try this on? (laughs) And he's like, I'm going to go play Fortnite or whatever. I'm like, why are you babysitting this man? That's not your mom. Gross. Ugh. Um, anyways, the Target men's line is, like, really nice right now. They have, like, mm. some cute stuff there. Um, okay, also, I've been using a lot of these, like, things you can get. Just, like, I got them at Rite Aid. Okay. And there's, they're also at Target and whatever. You can get little sleeves. They look like fingerless gloves for your feet. Mm-hmm that you slip on over your socks and they like add a little gel cushion. It looks like a gel cushion for like a like a bra in boob insert. Mm. And it just goes like on the middle bottom part of your foot and it really helps with like my shoes that don't have enough cushion in them for my plantar fasciitis, but that way I don't have to put like insoles into every single shoe. Mm-hmm. So I've been really enjoying these plantar Ooh. fasciitis sleeves. I don't have like a link to them, but we can like if you just google yeah. plantar fasciitis like shoe foot sleeve or something so that's a hot tip no one told me about them before and they're so helpful also i've been like really enjoying doing work at my local library just everyone shout out to your local library probably your local library has access to like an audible style Mm -hmm. app and you can read books on your phone too very cool go check it out you just have to wait but it's worth it Libraries um, are alive and well. Yeah. I also go to Sophie's local library. It's a good Hers library. Hers is nicer than mine. It's really nice. <laughs> it's really nice. It's like, it kind of has a school library vibe. Yeah, for sure. And it's beautiful in there. Yeah. My goodness. It smells like old books. It's just Love nice. It. Um, been doing a lot of online window shopping. I don't even want to buy everything. I just have a lot of stuff in my Amazon cart. Mm-hmm. And now I know that I'm going to be like figuring out, I'm going to spend the next week figuring out like what things I actually want to purchase from the 
a website that's sponsoring us t- mm-hmm. today. You'll hear about that a little later. Yeah. Get um, uh, and then finally, just my friend Nina went to a show by this band called Japanese Breakfast. And then I, she sent a pic of the like merch table. And I was like, this is like how much of a poser I am, right? <laughs> like, I don't really get into music that much, right? I was like, that t-shirt's cute. Get me one. And then she was like, fine, but you have to listen to the music. <laughs> yeah. And so, <laughs> so then I was like, okay, fine. And then I like really liked the music. Mm-hmm. So Japanese Breakfast is a band that's just this like one lady and it's really good, like kind of dreamy, beach wavy synth pop. This is a good way to describe it. When I searched for her on Spotify, the, um, playlists that came up that were suggested were it's like women on the rise Mm. asian american artists on the rise um and one playlist called sweater beats beautiful (laughs) wow i love that um and so i'm very into her stuff her first album is like about her mom dying it's Mm -hmm. like a serious subject but like thoughtful music that's like yeah it's like sweater music love it so i have a rare music recommendation (laughs) I can't it. believe you were just going to buy the merch. It's one of the fakest things I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I was kind of joking. I was like, that's a cute shirt. And then she was like, okay, I'm getting it, but. And I was like, Goes. okay, no, I <laughs> okay. guess I got to find out about this band now. I love when you have music recommendations. Thank I love you. music. Thank you. And now let's move on to our shout out corner. We shout out people who have supported us. You want to start with Apple Podcasts? Sure. So this is um, some of the people who have left us lovely reviews on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate when people do that. If you're a longtime listener, you've already heard this spiel. So thank you for sitting through it. We really appreciate you for reading us and reviewing us on iTunes or on whatever app that you use to listen to us. We go on to the Apple Podcasts app and scroll through the reviews when we feel down. And one day, one day, we will be on new and noteworthy. Um, so here are some people who left us a lovely review. Thank you so much. Two, Ravi C, Nick Katz 24, Maria is way cool. Hello, Kylie and Maz 2401. Thank you so much for leaving us a little review. And now for our Patreon shout outs. These are the people who have become patrons at patreon.com slash she's all fat pod um we love y'all you keep the lights on as we said earlier we appreciate you and here are your shout outs we got sarah pimsler julie larkin spies letty harris deborah ackerman and Haley keaton shout out to y'all um we're so happy to have your support and we couldn't do it without you Thank you for keeping it real. We also want to give a quick shout out to our Patreon Facebook group, which you can join if you go to patreon.com slash she's all fat pod and become a member at team Paisley Moo Moo or above. Um, the Facebook group is an amazing community where people are in there sharing their experiences and they're sharing recommendations and they plug their own businesses and we swap recipes and people just like post cute selfies and all sorts of stuff. Um, it's a fun place to be. This week, I saw a couple threads about book recommendations. I also saw some fun threads about like fall outfits and recommendations for fall outfits. And I also saw um, a bunch of threads about like people talking about doc- going to the doctor while fat and like advice for each other on like tough experiences that they're having right now. One thing I really appreciate about the space, it's that it's a space where people can both be like, this is just a venting post, like this upsetting thing happened. And I know like you all would understand it. And it's also, and people like respect that. And then it's a space where people can be like, I need advice. And rarely is it like those don't cross. Like people are very like, 
respectful and and cool. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I'm really excited about the space that exists and come join it. If you are a patron over $7 or above at patreon.com, you can come join us. We're having fun. And if you become a patron at team, I love bread or above, then you get an extra segment just for you every week. And if you're a patron at any level, you get some of our audio extras, which are like outtakes and things that didn't make it in the episode. And like sometimes weird chatter that we tell to Maria before the, (laughs) before we start recording. Um, but if you're on team, I love bread, then you get a whole extra several minute segment. Um, and this season we're telling stories from our past on that segment, on that extra segment. So I want that content. Yeah. So, um, shout out to all of our Patreons. You keep our lights on. We are independent media and we thank you all so much. So cool. We should really, uh, get onto the meat of it. Don't you think? Let's do it. The meat of it. All right. So this week on the meat of it slash chew the fat, we are talking about raising body positive children. Yeah. And fat parenting in general. This is a topic that we have had requested multiple times. And every single time we've had it requested, we say, that would be a great episode. And then we say, too bad we uh, don't know anything about it. We decided to talk to an expert. In this case, the expert is someone who is trying to raise their child in a body positive way. Uh, we talked to Brianna Hernandez, who runs the Mama Fierce blog. You can find her on Instagram and, of course, her blog, and we'll be linking to her in the show notes. She's a plus-size fashion and body-positive blogger. She's a copywriter. She's Latina. She's a mommy. She's so generous with her time to help us answer all these questions that mm-hmm. one day I hope to be able to answer, but not anytime soon, Mom. So yeah. get off my back. <laughs> <laughs> so um, with that... Here's our interview. Chew the fat. I'm Brianna Hernandez of Mama Fierce, and you can find me on uh, Instagram at Mama Fierce Blog, M-A-M-A Fierce Blog. Uh, pronouns are she and her. Thanks for asking. I appreciate that. And uh, my, you know, my main thing is uh, plus size fashion and body positivity, uh, but also, you know, motherhood has always been a component of my platform and more so these days because I have a gender creative child. Wow. What does gender creative mean to you? Well, basically, you know, she's trans, uh, but she's five years old. Her gender identity uh, could still be evolving. You know, she certainly has a, an idea of her gender identity, but, you know, it's safe to say uh, gender creative at this point because it, it kind of injects the idea that this is an ever evolving thing and that one day we could be, um, you know, we could be getting used to a certain pronoun and name and it could change. So we just have to keep our minds open and uh, to let her take the lead, basically. Her name is Diane. Diamond. Diamond. Oh my God. That's so cute. That's amazing. Wow. I love that. I'm like not, you know, definitely would not call myself an any kind of expert on any kind of like trans or gender queer issues. But I do follow a lot of people on Twitter who talk a lot about how important it is for parents of trans kids to be like affirming and open with their experiences because of how many, just because of how like, I mean, you know this, I'm saying this 
just as like, this is what I know about it, that um, the culture in general is like so restrictive and binary that it's like so hard for kids to be able to like figure out and say stuff and, and not get like, you know, bad messages about it. So it sounds like you're doing an amazing job. That's so cool. You, you know, and I think one of the, I mean, I think the main ingredient, you know, when you're a parent dealing with this for the first time, at least, is to just remain teachable. Because like I said, not only can your your child uh, do an about face and, and pivot whenever they want to, we're learning things, more and more things every day uh, with psychologists working with trans children and gender expansive, that's also another term, gender expansive children. You know, we learn more and more about uh, how they navigate this identity in, um, in our current culture and, um, just keeping on top of the things that we didn't cover there as well as how our individual children have evolved. You know, we just can't be married to any single idea. And, and I, I just think it's, it's just above all to, to just stay open-minded. Yeah. Honestly, this is a, like a perfect a way to start this conversation because, you know, as you know, we talk about body positivity as being very intersectional. And that includes like part of the reason that it's important for it to be intersectional is that a lot of times like body positivity can center like cis, white, small, fat bodies. And like when we want to talk about body positive parenting, it's like, yeah, body positive parenting isn't just about like teaching cis girls like to not look at diet ads or whatever. It's about like how you honor your child's like body and gender identity and any way that their identity intersects with that. Absolutely. And we're so excited to hear from you because we get so many questions asking for how to navigate those things as a parent. And we are no idea. Parents. We don't know. Sophie has a dog. I have nothing. <laughs> yeah. I'm a recent child. Yeah. So really excited to hear from you. We have a lot of questions. A lot of moms, I think, have this idea about how the culture has like affected the way they think about their own bodies and bodies in general. And they're beginning to understand body positivity and think about it and want to incorporate it into their life. And they're really scared of imparting the same things to their kids, like unknowingly or through their own insecurities, accidentally teaching their kids like to be ashamed of things. You know what I mean? And I like have heard that question. I've also heard it in real life from like different people in my family. And I'm always just like, yeah, sounds hard. I have no <laughs> idea. I don't know. What are your like top thoughts on that? And then we have more specific questions, but yeah. What do you think about that? The first thing off the top of my head is uh, realizing that, you know, your children pick up on so much and they're just, you know, there's just so much more intuitive than you would think. And for these little humans and try as you might, to filter out everything that, you know, you've struggled with, um, they could still pick up on it. So, I mean, let's get that out of the way right now and say, listen, <laughs> you know, even if you give it your best, your child may still pick up some, you know, some problematic uh, ideas and behaviors, you know, from your subconsciousness on that level, uh, you're doing the best you can. But that being said, it's a, it's a balance. You know, you accept the fact that they are still like massively intuitive, but you try to check yourself as much as possible. And there are things that we can easily do. You know, um, our words and our actions, I think are probably the most, uh, well, our words are probably the most easy to control where, you know, we just, we don't speak ill of our bodies and we don't speak ill of other people's bodies. And, you know, we, uh, we acknowledge differences, but we always try to keep things in a positive light. Um, one example is uh, I really like watching Dr. Pimple Popper. She's one of my favorites. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, uh, there was a woman with, um, 
with a really uh, severe skin condition. And uh, my daughter was watching and she said, oh, uh, she has bumps everywhere. And I said, said, yeah, she does. Her skin is different than ours. She's like, oh, wow. Um, is she going to get it fixed? And I'm like, if she wants to, but she doesn't have to. She can just look different than, than you and me. And, and that's okay. You know, uh, if she's, if she's in pain, maybe she'll do something about it. But other than that, like, you know, she can look different than us, right? And she said, yeah, totally. So, uh, you know, there's ways that we can reduce the, the stigma and take some of the, you know, emotion out of, out of body differences and just kind of go back to basics and take things at face level and say that, you know, bodies are different and all, all bodies are good. And, you know, you have these conversations with your child and you just keep it simple. You know, they, they are as, like I said, as massively intuitive as they are. They're still learning and navigating and, you know, if kind of let them lead the way, if they have questions, take a minute and answer them. But, you know, I think the thing that I'm the most guilty of is uh, over preparing my child. And that's something that you can just dig yourself into a hole uh, with as a parent where you just like want to indoctrinate your your very, you know, like I've learned and I'm woke about uh, body positivity. So I want to indoctrinate my children with with this. Don't Uh, just (laughs) just wait it comes up because it's going to. Yeah, I it was like very early in my body positive journey when I was in college that I was like the director of a group where we did we went to like local second grade schools and did creative writing workshops with them and then turned their stories into like a like a musical play basically and performed it for them. And uh a couple times uh, I had second grade kids say something about my body and it was like it was a really good practice for me. Because I remember being that age and kids were mean to me as another kid about my body. Most of the time, like when kids would say something, it was just like, like they're noticing a difference and they're going to take my cue on how to treat it. So like a couple times kids would be like, your belly's big. And I'd be like, yeah, (laughs) your belly's small. What do you think of that? And they'd be like, I don't know. Okay. Well, what do you think is the next step in the story? Like, and it was so... Interesting. And honestly, that was like kind of healing for me as someone who was bullied by other second graders to be like, oh, uh, it's totally possible for us to set a different tone with these kids and for hopefully them to feel differently about this than the kids around me and I did at that age, you know? I just think the hardest part of wrapping my mind around this is that like, how do you have this mindset? Because for me, I didn't grow up in a body positive household. So when I think about parenting, I'm like, how am I going to do this without having an example? Like, I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your upbringing and then what were the conscious decisions you made to be like, this is how I want the tone of my household to be? Because what Sophie just described seems so simple, but I'm like, I never saw anything like that as a kid, you know? It's hard to do it. Totally. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. Uh, my mom, you know, I watched my mom compulsively diet and then fall off the wagon, quote unquote, of mm. my whole childhood. We even dieted and um, and binged as a family. You know, when we weren't uh, stocking up on sugar-free snack wells, we were sweating to the oldies together. It was like this really sick, you know, family dynamic. And But it was also the only thing I knew. So I thought it was completely normal. It took me to like full-blown adulthood to realize like, oh, that's fucked up. April is just triggered by sugar-free snack wells. <laughs> it just gave me a flashback to purchasing those. Yeah. Every time I see that green box, I'm like, no, no, no. Oh my God. I've never had a snack well. Oh. I don't know what that is. <laughs> they're awful. They're awful. <laughs> they're real sticky. They're so bad. Um, 
Yeah. So I didn't, you know, I certainly didn't have a a body positive foundation to work on either. And it was just, you know, it was quite frankly, y'all and us and, uh, you know, everyone as a community that taught me how to, you know, how to love this body. And also, uh, you know, some teenage rebellion too, where I'm like, I don't want to kill myself to be thin like my mother and sister. And this is stupid. And there has to be something else. And, and that something else was basically just like, whatever, this is my body. And I didn't even know I was practicing body positivity at that point. You know, this is in the early 2000s. It wasn't really a, a mainstream thing as it is now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you know that this doesn't work for you and you reject it, but what do you do in place of it? And, uh, and that's, you know, the inspiration for that has come from the community. And in terms of how to relate that with my child, I, I do think back to, you know, what my, what my mother did wrong, even though she did the best with what she had and, and yeah. no, you know, no resentments there, you know, the negative self-talk that I would, uh, that I would hear my mom engage in and the putting her life on hold until she was in a different body. That was a huge thing for me. I never, ever, ever wanted to talk about, honestly, I I don't talk about calories or pounds or anything like that. Any of those buzzwords, they don't live in my house. You know, I even browbeat my husband when he reads um, the nutritional information on a box of crackers out loud. I'm like, no, we don't, that's not a thing here. You know, I just can't, it doesn't, it, it doesn't fit in with, there's no purpose for it. And, um, yeah, I, I've just, I really kind of try to comb through what really sticks out in my, uh, in my memory with my childhood and just say no to those things. And I think, you know, I think that's enough. And, uh, and then from there, you kind of just, again, let your, let your child lead. They will bring you plenty of issues and you can, you can address them. How do you think about like, nutrition and food because it's not, you know, it's not exactly tied, but I know a lot of us in the community had like disordered eating behaviors or thoughts or patterns in the past. So like, what are the ways that you think about how to teach your kid? Like, this is good for your body without being like, morally, this is good. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, totally. And I struggle, I struggle with that all the time because there is there's always kids' birthday parties and your kid brings home a pillowcase full of candy and which is fine. Like we can have candy in the house. First of all, you know, not assigning a moral uh, equation to any certain food that certain foods are bad and certain foods are good. Uh, But also like, if you want this candy, you got to finish your dinner because the dinner I made you is it's the stuff that your body needs to grow. And candy's just like, it's just for fun. So, you know, and I feel like that's important, you know, like candy is a fun thing and it is good for your soul. And, you know, it's not like it's, it doesn't help you grow though. Not having that, those moral markers on food is really helpful and, um, you know, keeping it simple. And, uh, I, I have, um, struggled with how to feed my child and, you know, it's, it's so, it's more complicated than you would think also more simple than you would think. It's really weird where like basically the rule of thumb is you decide when and what they eat and they decide how much, Mm -hmm. but it can get a little tricky because you know, they can take breaks and a meal can turn into like a couple hour long graze. And, you know, it's important in my household to have like an expectation of what a meal is and like how long it is and you sit down for it. And also, um, because there's, you know, there's structure in a child's day where they just, they can't eat whenever they want. 
And we say the same thing at, at the house on off days where it's like, hey, it's like school. You can't just grab something whenever you want it. There are set times to eat. But when it's, when it's time to eat, you can, you know, let's fill your belly. Let's give your body what it needs. Yeah. This, <laughs> my, my mom tells a story about how I was, you know, I'm the older one. So she had a lot of like, she wanted to do things, quote unquote, perfectly. You know, she had a lot of ideas about what she was going to be able to do that didn't end up really happening. Like, for example, there was some idea at the time about, you know, like trying to not feed your like little kids sugar until a certain age or something like that. Or like they won't develop a taste for sugar, blah, blah, blah. So she was like, okay, we're not going to have candy or like chocolate in the house until age five or something. Um, and then I went to a birthday party and came home with chocolate cake, just like smeared across my face. And I was like, you didn't tell me. And she was like, yeah. And she was like, all right, well that's out the window now, I guess. Do you have any resources you look to, to kind of guide you? Cause the thing is, people always say like parenting doesn't come with a handbook but like what resources helped you and what resources do you recommend to other parents who are kind of trying to navigate the same sort of thing yeah totally um god i've been trying to get diamond into uh steven universe the cartoon because i love it as much as she thinks like i'm the queen of sheba and she like adores me and it's like it's such a ego boost um <laughs> she still is super into these like barbie movies and these uh, these you know anime girls and she clearly is like starting to subscribe to this like thin white big eyed thing which is like mm. a, you know shitty but yeah I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cross that bridge when we get to it. You know, as soon as it starts having like a bad, uh, you know, it, I start seeing it have a bad effect, you know, it's going to, it's going to be time to jump in. And I can only really influence as much as I can where I make these things available. You know, here's Steven Universe. Let's, let's watch this. Or here's what I like to watch. Let's watch this. Uh, one of my uh, favorite Instagram models and one of my uh, friends in the Bay Area is uh, Saucy West. She's amazing. Uh, and she is a, plus size, uh, uh, black model and she is gorgeous. And my kid also worships her, uh, saw a picture of her and asked if she was the president. And I said, if only babe. Mm. Uh, Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Same. Yeah. One book I love is actually called the gender creative child by a Diane Earnstaff. This is her second book. And the first book was, uh, you know, she wanted to call the gender creative child, but it ended up being, um, you know, strictly, uh, trans language and it was talking about, you know, navigating a trans identity, but nothing really in between. And this book talks about the in between, which is beautiful. Kind of going off that, have you been supported by a parenting community or, and how, or how not? You know, not really, just because I haven't, and, and not for lack of support or anything. I just haven't really sought out that, that type of community support. But, um, you know, really the support that I have uh, sought out is from my immediate family. You know, I have, I have a close and extended immediate family and, uh, you know, getting those people on uh, on the same track, but also realizing that not everyone's going to have the same ideas as me and, um, you know, the same priorities, but making boundaries clear, basically, like, um, and, uh, and my own boundaries and not imposing uh, my boundaries onto them saying like, oh, I don't say this in front of her, or I don't do this in front of her, just so they know what I'm doing, and they can either respect it or not. And, uh, you know, having that kind of clear communication. Cool. One of my fears about like, five years in the future when I'm finally ready to try to, you know, push my geriatric ovaries into... 
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com production <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> One of my fears is that if I am able and decide to become pregnant and have a kid that way, instead of like adopting or fostering a kid or something, that the like changes in my body of pregnancy and then like the way, you know, however your body changes after pregnancy will be like a real challenge to my own body positive feelings and like self image and stuff. Did you experience that? And like, how did you deal with that? Cause I feel like a lot of times, I mean, I hear from a lot of people and experience it myself that they, people will be like, I don't love myself every day. And we're always like, you don't have to. And like, it struggles, it's changes. It's like, whatever. But I know for, and not that pregnancy is an illness, but like, I know that when I have like, you know, when I have my autoimmune illness stuff flare up and there's like stuff difficult going on with my body, it can challenge my, my body positivity stuff because I'll feel angry at my body or feel upset about what's going on. So did that happen to you in in pregnancy and afterwards? And like, how did that work for you? Totally. So, I mean, you kind of hit it on the, on the head where it's like, everything happened to me. You know, I had, I had lows and I had tremendous highs in terms of uh, body image and, you know, just feeling comfortable in my body uh, while pregnant. And, you know, the lows kind of happened for me in the beginning where like my body's changing. I'm like, what is this? What's happening? This is so weird. And I don't, it's kind of like finding your stride uh, in a new body. And, but also when I was full blown pregnant, when I was just ready to pop, that was the most glorious I, I still miss my prego belly. Like I wore capes. I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I walked around like Andre Leon Talley constantly. I just felt <laughs> so big and uh, just badass. And people were opening doors for me too. So I also felt <laughs> super bougie. It was great. Like, wow. no, it was, it was awesome. And, um, so yeah, you, you get both. You get all sides of the spectrum and how you deal, how, or how I dealt with the, the low parts is, you know, knowing, this is temporary. And and plus like bodies change. Oh my God. I feel like I need to get a tattoo of the phrase bodies change on my body. We get, or at least I struggle with this. You know, I just want to get to a place where I'm going to be. And it's like, uh, nothing in life works like that. 
You know, yeah. like nothing. We never get to a point where we're like, okay, it's this. Stay like it's forever. No, sorry. What, how do you navigate parenting on your non-body positive days? Like, have you had triumphs trying to navigate through that? Have you had difficulties? Like, what does that look like? Cause I know how I navigate it just me in my own head by myself, yeah. but how do I encourage someone else to have the mindset when in reality, I'm like irritated at my gut that day, you know? <laughs> I know that uh, I often talk to my husband when I'm feeling a little off and, or I'm feeling scared because I'm, I'm, you know, my, um, I'm, I'm recovered in my eating disorder, but you know, recovery is also like a daily thing. It's a daily yeah. investment. It's something you struggle with. So I, I tell him about my fears about like relapse and my body changing and, and things like that. And I, I voice those things to him. My uh, daughter's a little sneaky sneak. I'm sure she's heard it, but you know, I try to keep it positive and not, you know, not self-hating and, and certainly like never using the word fat as a negative or big as a negative, you know, if you can acknowledge that that's happening and that that's okay. And cause I certainly let my daughter do it. You know, she comes up, uh, she'll come up to me and say, I don't know what to wear. I don't, you know, I don't look good. I don't feel good. And, um, the mantra that we have, and I, you know, I should probably start adopting it myself. You know, when she says that she's not feeling pretty, I'm like, okay, what makes you beautiful? And she says, my kind eyes, my smile, and my happy heart. And that's what makes her beautiful. So and I feel cute. like that puts her that's back amazing. on the path of like, okay, let's just put on a fucking dress and, and go. And um, and that's usually how I have to get out of the house. It's like, listen, this is, I'm not going to be happy. Let's put on some pants and go. Yeah. That's, I that's love beautiful. That. You um you mentioned about how you try to keep the word fat either out of the house or in a neutral territory. We get a lot of questions um with people saying like my kid was called fat or saw somebody be called fat. How can I make sure that that doesn't become a negative association in their mind? So I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about how you handle the word fat in your household. Yeah, I so struggle with that because you know I can't I, I can't lie and say that that word doesn't still sting after just a lifetime of, you know, that, that word having so much power and having such, you know, intentional, negative vitriol behind it. Uh, like, like Sophie said, you know, my, my kid has said like, Oh, you're squishy and your belly's big. It's like, yeah, it is. It's great. Right. Like it's, it's totally fine. And I haven't yet encountered, you know, her bringing up the fat word. That's going to be a tricky one. You know, that's, I feel like that's going to be a real sit down after school special conversation where it's like, some people can call themselves fat and, but like, that's not a word that we describe, that we use to describe others because there's so many better words. You know, you can say someone is bigger than you or shorter than you, or there's just so many other qualifiers you can use to describe someone that why would you just use one word like fat? So I feel like that's what I'm going to fall back on. It's like, what's another word that we can use? So how do you deal with fat phobic media? Like you mentioned already wanting to kind of steer diamond away from things that are like very cis white thin (laughs) normative. But, um, how do you deal with when you're watching a movie or something? I mean, it's in almost every movie or TV show, uh, when your child sees something on screen that would underscore fat is bad. So like, how do you, have you, have you had that happen and have you had a conversation about it? The movie Inside Out comes to mind where, you know, where sadness was just a little, you know, fat blue girl. That wasn't something that she brought up. Uh, but I was just so annoyed by it that it was one of those times where like, maybe I, you know, maybe I overstepped and maybe I overfared as a, as a parent, but it just got my goat so bad. That movie, that sadness was a fat girl. 
Yeah. Wow, I didn't even think about that I didn't one. think about that. I remember relating to sadness, but yeah, Same. it's because she was chubby <laughs> yeah, and you know, sad. I thought sadness was cute as fuck, but like after 20 minutes, I was like, why is she fat? Oh my God. Yeah. Like, it's well, just, it's everywhere. Damn. It's everywhere. I didn't even think of that one. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's hard to know what they internalize and it might come up, you know, when it's already kind of ingrained and you can't really do much about it. It's already, you know, it's something that they've either subscribed to or they haven't. And, you know, there's only so much you can do. We've gotten like several versions of, of this question that's like, how can we help be a positive um, force in a kid's life if their parents aren't specifically body positive or they're not getting like a lot of body positive reinforcement? Like, how can I, as an adult, create a space or like a safe person to come to about body positive stuff? Again, without like most of the questions have this like, but I don't want to beat them over the head with it feeling. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? And also on how people like you ask the adults around you to be body positive forces for your kid. So in terms of wanting to be the, you know, that kind of positive force for, uh, for another child. Cause I also have nieces and nephews too, that I love. And I also want them to love their bodies as well. Just leading by example. And, and also, um, you know, instead of like, aside from you being the example, just sharing, uh, with kids, the stuff that, I mean, also like age appropriate stuff, but sharing with those kids things that you like that speak to you on a body positive level where, you know, whether it's like uh, an actress or, um, or, a you know, a musician or something like that. We, we crank Lizzo all the time. I play Lizzo videos all the time because she's fabulous, you know, watching representative media, you know, really anything. Um, there are plenty of wrong ways to do it, I'm sure, but you know, if you're used to being around kids, I'm sure you're not going to screw it up. We'll end with this. What's like number one piece of like body positive parenting advice you would give to someone who's nervous about this? I think my number one piece of advice for any type of parenting, you know, is knowing that you're not going to be perfect. You're just not going to be perfect. And, you know, to do whatever you can to alleviate the pressure on that and to, you know, nip that in the bud first and foremost, I'm not going to be a perfect parent. I'm not going to get this completely right. You know, we can't be superstar parents in every single area. So while I'm being, you know, super cool about my, you know, my child's uh, gender identity and and her uh, and her body image, I'm probably fucking up in some other way that I will learn about 20 years from now in therapy. So (laughs) knowing that, you know, for me personally helps. Also knowing that while you are teaching your child, you should be learning as well. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. That's great advice. Um, Thank you so much for walking through all of this with us. Like we said, a lot of these questions are from our listeners that we've got a bunch of times. So I think they'll be really happy to hear this. And just thank you for being so generous. Oh, thank you. This was such, this was so cool. I love you guys. I love listening to you and you're, ah, you're just doing it for the culture. Love you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That is so sweet. Thank you. Um, yeah, just to wrap up, like, what are your biggest takeaways? What is the thing you're most nervous about for being a mom one day? Because we both eventually want children. Yeah. We're both that type of girl. <laughs> but what what is the thing that you, like, fear the most? Because I'm so scared of being a mom. I'm scared I'll scream at my kids. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. 
Like, well, I'm I mean, scared I'll just lose my temper. Mm, I see. Because, again, as I've said before, like, <laughs> Sophie does pop off from time to time. <laughs> I just, what if when they're, you know, little kids mm-hmm. and I haven't slept in four days yeah. and I'm trying to also work at the same time and Victor's out of town and I, could, like, couldn't figure out what to make for dinner and then one of them, like, breaks something or, like, hits me or, like, you know what I mean? Yes. I'm just afraid of the moment of, like, like screaming something yeah. and then being like, oh my God, oh no, I yeah. can never take that back. Oh no. Do you know what I mean? Because they soak so much in. But yeah. also like you can't be perfect and like 100% that will happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? don't know a mom that hasn't done that. Yeah, exactly. I just think that that guilt would seem so like Yes. I think I would feel guilty all the time, which is why I'm sure there's so many of these like mom communities online because I bet you just feel you're like, oh, I dropped my baby. (laughs) Like I feel bad all the time. I guess like I'm also worried about like trying to balance the things that little kids need done that are boring. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) With like not wanting to miss their youth. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like I just think I am not cut out to be enthralled by 20 hours of being with a baby. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I know that there's like people who are mature enough to do that, but I also talk to a lot of people who are like, yeah, I need to fucking get out of the house right now. Of course. I'm sure everybody feels like that. Cause it's like, you don't for, for at least the first few months, you have to keep something small alive and that's the only thing you can really do. do. That really does scare me. And I've seen it. Like my older sister, as I said before, has children and it's just like your personhood kind of shuts off for a second. Yeah. (laughs) It's scary a little bit, but I guess I'm not really scared of this kind of thing because I feel like I'm just going to do my best. Yeah. I mean, I am nervous about this part, but I also feel like because we've done an episode like this and just doing the show in general, I feel stronger about it. But like, as I said, during the interview, I I grew up in a, we're all on the a diet together household. So like, it's going to be really tricky because I'm bad at doing things that I didn't have a model for. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of hard to figure out, but I feel like I'm getting better at it. Just trying to figure it out for myself. I'm also worried I'll drop my baby. But also, yeah. I was dropped so many times. I'm worried about falling while pregnant. I have a lot of oh, weird yeah. fears. I have a lot of specific fears, yeah. too. Like, it's already hard for me to manage the mental and physical things you have to do to take care of your body. Mm-hmm. What am I going to... Like, how stressful is it going to be when it's not... Like, I'm not just taking care of it for me if I, like, manage to figure out how to get pregnant, like, yes. with PCOS, etc. you know? I can't imagine, like, taking care of another person. <laughs> but I want to Clearly so Clearly we're badly. not ready for we're this. We're not ready. We're, we're not, not ready. ready for this. But, like, I do want it. I'm just, like, it kind of seems like a lot of adult things are just, like, you don't actually feel ready for them. You just kind of do them. Yeah. But I think I will feel more ready than this at some point. I would hope so um, for me. But it is also wild that, like, both of us are older than the average age in America for people to have kids, which yeah. is, like, 23 or something. I still can't believe that. Yeah, I mean, I talk about this all the time. Like, because of my culture, I'm under a lot of familial pressure to be pregnant like right now yeah. like my mother grandmother have explicitly asked me to have a baby oh my god <laughs> they're like please provide a child by the end of 2018 and i'm like i cannot <laughs> i was always expected in my family that I, if one of us my sister and i were gonna have kids i would be the one to have kids like when, when mm. we were little my sister would be like great so sophie's gonna have the kids and i'm gonna live next door and be the cool aunt and mom's <laughs> gonna live on the other side and be the grandma i see that so like, like okay still to this day, but honestly i see it like i see isabel being like this is how you play dungeons and dragons yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I see it. And I, I, yeah, it's so funny. I was totally the kid who, like, wanted to play house. And still, I mean, with The Sims, like, I'm pretty much still playing house. I wanted to play house, but I also wanted to play Magic Fairy Animal. Kids like that. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but um, yeah, no, always want kids. But like the closer I get to it actually being a reality, the more I'm like, maybe a little later. I think the biggest thing is I'm just not ready to not be focusing on like the things I'm choosing to focus on. Exactly. It's a whole big addition that you never get rid of. Like I can quit a job. I could quit a relationship, but you can't. Like, I mean, I guess you could quit your relationship with your kid, but then you fucking suck. (laughs) Then you're absolute trash. Yeah. So, like, it's a lot. You can never quit it. Oh, my God. (laughs) I can't quit you. I can't quit you, but to your kid. As a commitment phobe, I am horrified, but as a girl who loves my internet babies, I'm intrigued. I'm excited to have a family one day, and I'm also really happy we did this episode and that Brianna was so open and sharing about her experience with parenting, and it just makes me, like, nervous but excited. Um, I hope that people found this episode, like at least as comforting as we did that like there's a way to muddle your way through thing even things that like weren't given to you as a child Absolutely. you know you're welcome of a kind is a website that introduces you to exciting new designers by selling their pieces and sharing their stories if you're serious about treating yourself and you're in the market for some unique home goods and fancy personal care items of a kind is your one-stop shop Just like She's All Fat, Of A Kind is run by two women, Claire and Erica. They've been friends for 15 years, and their taste and curation skills are off the charts. Of A Kind is my first stop for Christmas shopping this year. That is for sure. They're all about unearthing things that are super special and hard to find, from hair products to necklaces, gift wrapping supplies to ceramics. Of A Kind also has their own clothing line called Permanent Collection, featuring classic wardrobe staples in sizes extra small to extra extra large i can't wait to spray my body with the luxurious ds and durga italian citrus perfume and have the most glamorous cleaning experience of my life with the saint olio surface cleaner in neroli okay i have my eye on so many little goodies from the of a kind website i'm currently obsessing over the serving board made from oxidized reclaimed oak oh my god because the dark color is going to look amazing with brie and other light colored cheeses on top the fan Fancy and really aesthetic looking oval flask from Odem. Some beautiful earrings, including these daisy threaders, where it's a daisy in the front and then the stem goes down the back of your ear. And these other earrings that are called Victorian snake studs, and they're tiny gold coiled snakes. And some fancy home goods like the Virtue Labs hair care, some hand cream with SPF, which is a great idea, some body oil that scented sage and grass, or the rose cuticle oil. And I'm not getting into the linen throw blankets or vase or artsy wrapping paper or notebooks. I just want everything. So it's a good thing that Of A Kind has an offer for She's All Fat listeners. If you visit ofakind.com and enter the code SAF at checkout, you'll get 20% off your order of $50 or more. The discount is valid through December 15th, 2018. So be sure to get your Christmas shopping done early. There's a bunch of like really cute gift sets that I noticed on there as well. So again, that's code SAF at checkout on ofakind.com for 20% off your order of $50 or more. We have linked our picks in the show notes, so let us know what you get. And now it's time to ask a fatty. If you want advice, you can send a voice memo of yourself asking a question to fyi at she'sallfatpod.com. You can record it on your computer or the voice memo app on your iPhone. Just keep it short, about one minute max. Or if you're shy, you can send us a plain old email at fyi at she'sallfatpod.com and we might answer your question right here on the show. This week on Ask a Fatty, we 
as we talked about before, do not know how to answer parenting questions. So we put out a call for uh, voice memos with advice from our listeners um, who have thoughts or things to tell other parents who are listeners um, about body positive parenting. And we are going to ask the question ourselves, what advice do you all have for body positive parenting? And let you all take it away. Here's some of those clips. Hey there, it's Hannah. I think the biggest thing that I try to do is show my daughter, who's just a toddler right now, I just try to show her how happy I am in my body and enjoy life in my body. I remember my mom and her friends at the beach, my mom's friends would just complain about their bodies the entire beach trip and have no fun. And I, at like seven years old, I thought, gosh, how boring, how sad. I just, I knew, I just wanted to make sure that my daughter didn't learn that same behavior early on. So this summer, I just, I, we ran around on the beach in our bathing suits. We swam all summer and I just want to show her in, that I enjoy life in my body and that she can too, that there's no reason not to. Hey, April and Sophie, this is Hannah, and I am raising two daughters, um, an eight-year-old named Hannah and a three-year-old who's also named Hannah, Um, and I'm a body-positive parent. Um, It actually started when my uh, older daughter was three, and I started looking at her and being like, she is me in a three-year-old body. Her body type is like mine. She was just so much like me, and I was like, I can't. I can't pass my shit onto her um, like my mom did and her mom before her. And I was like, I'm going to stop this cycle. So I started seeing a therapist and started really working on my issues around food and body. And um, she, my daughter was really the inspiration for that. Um, So my biggest advice for people wanting to raise body positive kids is to face your shit. Because if you don't, you are either consciously or unconsciously going to pass that on to your kids. So those are just a few things that I feel like are really important. And uh, thank you all so much. Bye. We also had some emailed resources from a lot of our listeners who are parents with experience. So check out the show notes for a list of books and websites and any other tips we have for raising body positive children. Thank you all so much for sending in Dat Voice. Uh, you know, April loves that. I love Dat Voice. <laughs> wow, I can't believe I have a catchphrase. Send me Dat Voice. Wow, it just, it, oh my God, I have a catchphrase. People always send them uh, in and they say, I know April loves Dat Voice. I accidentally became a brand. <laughs> Capitalism is a hellscape, but thank you for Dead Voice. Um, thank you for Dead Voice. So please uh, continue to send in your questions, and thank you all to the parents who sent in some advice this week. Let's move on to It's Okay You Can Ask, a segment that everyone but me seems to sincerely enjoy. Are you sure everyone <laughs> likes it? Everyone likes it but you. Everyone. like Think about that. Thousands of people love it, and you don't. You're the only one. Well. <laughs> okay. We'll find out the answers to our burning questions like, why did, why, why? I have such a kick writing this section, by the way. Okay, I just have fun. I have so much fun. Okay. Okay. Why do so many white people let Gwyneth Paltrow tell them what to put inside of their vaginas? Okay. Or, who is Cat Williams and why are black women angry at him? (laughs) Do you know who Cat Williams is? 
I um, know the name. <laughs> I she doesn't know who Cat Williams who is. is he? He's a comedian. Okay. He just won a um an Emmy for being on an episode of Atlanta. Okay. And he recently did an interview with it. Basically he said Tiffany Haddish doesn't deserve to be famous and nice. everyone went off on him. Wow. <laughs> Including me. I'm so mad at him. Wow. Um, don't talk about my queen like that. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. So this week I have a question I'm really excited to ask. Um, as our listeners at home know who follow you on Instagram, okay. Sophie has recently gone blonde, which I stand. Okay. <laughs> Like, I, I talk about this <laughs> to people who are white, but, like, I really like when white girls go blonde, and I can't really explain it beyond that. Like, I just like the reveal of, like, now I'm blonde. I okay. enjoy it. Okay, so I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about what the, like, hair salon experience is like when you're white, because, like, so much of... Um, black hair salons, salons and also braiding shops, which are like two different spaces, but are like about getting your hair done, about like also kind of you dump emotionally on your like stylist mm. and they're like really see you through. I had a stylist in like from age six to 18, Judy, shout out to Judy, she's retired, who had like been with me through so much, <laughs> like I knew everything about my life and also went with me through the change of like wanting to go natural because I was feeling very like Afrocentric <laughs> versus like 14 year old April that like wanted to to look like Jenny Humphrey from Gossip Girl. Oh my God. And so she like knew a lot about me. And of course, like we all know about black women and their hair and all, the, all of that shit is all wrapped into it. So like, I know what that experience is like for me, but I wonder like, what is your relationship like with your hairstylist? And also if you could walk me through your mind, like your process of thinking about having a big hair change. I'm okay. curious about it. Well, okay. Where do I start? Where do you start? Well, tell me the, tell, tell us about the decision to go blonde. <laughs> <laughs> tell us more and okay. then tell us about what your style like the process of going through it with your stylist and what that's like and just just walk me through take me on a journey okay when I first dyed my hair I like wanted to have like uh I dyed it because I wanted to have like a pastel-y kind of color okay. and I did like blonde and but mostly so that I could do pink on okay, hands cute. and then I did like pink and purple mm. and then I went dark and then I went brunette and then I've had different colors of like brunette or red and this is the first time that I've had like dyed blonde okay. like just dyed blonde not not blonde so that you can have color on it and I was like blonde as a kid and then my hair like kind of mellowed into like dishwater blonde you okay. know like dirty blonde color like brown kind of I've never before done like a just a full trying to look like a real blonde mm-hmm. blonde um and I don't know I just kind of felt I saw a couple people other people saying like I'm going blonde for fall this year like usually people go dark for fall mm-hmm. and I was like you know what it just does feel like that kind of a year <laughs> yes I'm gonna go blonde for fall you know do you always because we talked about on the podcast before like when I change my hair which is every two weeks I don't have an emotional reason I just change my hair out of habit because I'm black right do you always have an emotional reason for changing your hair I think usually okay. like usually it's like it's it's usually if I'm feeling like I really, I need to mix something up. I, I'm feeling not dissatisfied with my appearance, but just kind of like bored with okay. something. It's like the same kind of impulse that would make you like go out and want to buy like a whole new look. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like a, like a vibe that's different from the clothing you already own. Yes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I don't know. Yeah. Every time I've changed my hair, it was like, I graduated college and like wanted to feel grown up, so I cut it short. Mm-hmm. I finished the extra quarter that I had to do of college, and I was feeling like very itchy about wanting to move here and get started, so I dyed it pink. Okay. Um, I we moved in together, and I wanted to feel different, like because we, now I was someone who had lived with her partner, mm-hmm. so I dyed it darker brown. Okay. Victor left to go to uh, <laughs> on his job for three months, so I needed a change. <laughs> 
was wow. like, I was like literally tweeting like, who wants to get their ears pierced with me? <laughs> like it's what? the same, it's the same uh, impulse for me. Okay. But it's also fun. It's just a fun way to like imagine yourself like, cause there's different kinds of looks and it changes like the way your makeup looks on your face basically. And it changes like, just changes your vibe a little bit. And so it's just like a fun thing to play with now that I don't like play with, I play with the things that go on my body, I'm no longer concerned with changing my body. Yeah. Does that make sense? Exactly. And so, yeah, I don't know. I enjoy changing my hair. I feel like it's a bad sign if a white woman all of a sudden shows up with a drastically different haircut. Okay. It's like, are you okay? Which I've seen a lot. But I've been, like, thinking and talking about this for, like, a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. You were definitely mulling. I was I've like, been please considering. go blonde. Please yeah. go blonde. You've asked, I mentioned it, like, months ago <laughs> as a thought. And every week since then, you've been like, when are you doing it? <laughs> right. <laughs> And then I was out of town when it happened, but when I saw the pics, I made a video. But it's such a it's such a commitment that I had to be sure yeah. because I can't change it every two weeks. I've usually always gone to the kind of it's like a mid range, not upper range salon, but like a mid to nice range salon where like a haircut costs like. And also, I've always lived in a big city, so probably prices are different everywhere else yeah. mm-hmm. but like in phoenix the prices are pretty similar to here where it would be like like around between 100 and 150 dollars for like a cut and blowout okay. basically mm-hmm. and my hairstylist here i like go a place that i can walk from my house and that is why i chose it <laughs> perfect <laughs> some people choose like based on other things mm-hmm. i'm not that fancy about it uh, i went there and had someone who i did not like at all oh and like God. went back twice and like complained and then got put with this girl and I really like her. Okay. Um, her name's Christy. She has like a special needs kid. Um, she earlier this year like split up with her shitty boyfriend and like now she has a new boyfriend. And yes. on Friday when I was there, she like he it was her birthday and he like flew in that morning to surprise her. And when I got there, they were like canoodling in oh the back. And like he was gonna take her out for dinner and stuff, and wow. she was like just glowing and That's so happy. <laughs> yeah. So cute. Um, and she's like she She's really good. She, I trust her a lot. The best thing about a hairstylist is having one who like, you're like, okay, I trust her to like, tell me the truth, be real with me and like be realistic and then like actually do what she says. Mm-hmm. So like when I was like, I want to go blonde, I like went in a week before and I was like, I want to go blonde. How much time should I book? And like, do you think we can do it? She yeah. was like, sure. And then I came in and I was like, here's the inspo picks. And she was like, okay, we can't get it to there. We can get it to there today and then come back in a month. It's okay. Like, okay. I trust you. Mm-hmm. And then she like, got it to that color. Okay. I think a lot of times if you have a hairstylist who you go to more than once, it's like, um, like in high school, I had the same high hairstylist like the whole time. And it, it's like, how's this going? How's that going? Like she knows like, yeah. not like emotional conversation, mm-hmm. but like, like she's always like, how's your mom? How's your sister? How's this going? Like what's Victor up to? Mm-hmm. Like she remembers everything, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of wild. Cause I don't know that I would remember everything about like the, that she has many people, so many clients, you know. Yeah. Wow, um, that's really that like stands out to me too. I'm yeah, like, oh, okay. Like wow, how do you remember all these things? Yeah, but I don't know. I think it feels like it's like a good relationship, and I trust her. But I don't think it's as close as like black hairstylist salons mm-hmm. are portrayed to be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it it seems different to me because I think the nature of like black women's hair in general, like it's like I'm trusting you with this thing that's like super important to me for some reason, and like please don't mess it up. And so because I trust you with that, I also might trust you with a bunch of other things. Have you ever been to um, 
a hairstylist that has the sign that says, I'm a hairstylist, not a magician. Oh my God, no. <laughs> I'm worried if this is only a black woman thing. But they'll be like, do not bring a picture into me that you know you cannot. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but my favorite thing in a hairstylist is, yeah, being realistic with me, but also being like, but I'm going to try to get as close as what you, you know, to what you want. Yeah. Um, my other question is, you've been blonde for less than a week. Are you having more fun? Uh, do blondes have more fun? I don't know. I do feel kind of different. I keep, like, catching glimpses of myself and being surprised by it. Mm. Like, I'm not. And my hair is definitely drier. I had to order, like, five different moisturizing packs on okay. Amazon. <laughs> All um, right. I got to take care of her. The mood is moisture. The, mo- the, the mood is, like, heavy moisture and, like, yeah. not swimming anymore because I need to, not, I need to not go green. Yeah. I've seen so many, many horror stories. What I really, really didn't want was, like, highlight stripes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was such a 2007 look, though. Mm -hmm. Like, people used to want, like, you just be able to see the highlights a mile away. Like a skunk. No, no. I don't want that. I'm sleeping a little more this week. Is that more fun? Blonde sleep more. Hot. (laughs) I love it. I sent a picture to Victor and he said, nice. (laughs) So, I said nice (laughs) a month later. And when I went blonde, (laughs) all you said was nice. Yeah, I said nice. Oh, my God. Horrible. Said very pretty. <laughs> anyway, thank you for sharing. This was lovely. You're welcome. I'm a I'm fan a... of your blonde. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Finally went blonde. Okay. Have I really been asking that every, Literally every week. And anytime I'm like, anytime I'm like upset about something, you're okay. like, are you going to go blonde about it? <laughs> like you're trying to go me into it. <laughs> I didn't know I was doing that. You're like so excited wow. about it. I've been really looking forward to it though. I can't It's lie. so funny. I really wow. appreciated that video because I did know that I was going to get not a not supportive reaction from Victor, but he's just not very effusive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, hopefully April likes it because she's the most excited about it. Seeing me with blonde hair. I've been excited for months. Thank you for doing this for me. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> And that's our show. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions via email or voice recording to FYI at she's all Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show. If you leave us a review on Apple podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the pod next week. She's All Fat is created, produced, and hosted by us, Sophie Carter-Khan and April K. Quio. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. Our music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish, and our logo is by Britt Scott. This episode was mixed and edited by Maria Wortel. Special thanks to our fairy intern mother, Lynn Barbara, and our brand new intern, Kirsten Berg. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Bye! Um, I'm so sorry, Maria. <laughs> There's so much like gardening happening. Mm-hmm. Can I do an impression of the gardener? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too loud. Too loud. The gardening is so loud. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you can hear that. I am so sorry. Wait, stop. Okay, go. Okay. But <laughs> I'm just. I'm gonna pause for a second. Because it was very loud at that point. It's very loud.
Okay, it's done. She's doing say. the main thing I think you have to do, which is just like pay attention and listen and try hard. And be like, intentional. Be intentional. Yeah. That's it. <sighs> this gardener's so loud. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you trying to harmonize with the gardener? for just a second Maria I'm so sorry um. oh my god it sounds like it could be ending though mm. it's just the way the machine works <laughs> I got excited we just gotta get to the outro dude can you chill do you need to put more gas in or something I don't know how it works mm. I had to do all the gardening for our house growing up it was such bullshit Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.